This is the Straight Dope, episode 30. On my list of fundamentals for a fundamental week, I have sight picture, but it dawned on me this morning that it was kind of a timely opportunity to talk about mental mistakes. So I'm going to talk about mental mistakes today and some ideas on ways that we might train them. And although I haven't, these are things that I'm going to try to participate in and work towards because mental mistakes seem to be the biggest factor in point loss for me personally. And that would carry over into any application of shooting, you know, outside of a flat range and training. So let's do that. Mental mistakes is kind of a big blanket term to represent that you fucked up, but not a screw up in your rifle shooting or any of the fundamentals that are involved with that. And because of that, I think a lot of shooters, including myself, overlook the ability to train those mental components. And you often hear high-level shooters, uh, John Pinch comes to mind, and Morgan King, talking about mental mistakes really being the only issue that they ever need to deal with. And often, a good match for them involves making no mental mistakes. And when I look back, most of my point points lost are either not finding a target at all or making a mental mistake. Now I'm going to rewind a little bit and I'm going to describe a situation where a shooter identified a mental mistake but wasn't sure how to explain what had happened. And this was you know, about a month ago and there was a course of fire with targets at a reasonable distance and you had to build a position and shoot. There were five targets numbered one through five. And each position you had to shoot two targets. But the sequence of fire went such that your first position, you shot targets one and three. Your second position, you shot targets two and four. Your third position, you shot targets three and five. Your fourth position, you shot targets four, then one. And your fifth position, you shot target five, then two. And because you're moving position and changing the sequence of fire, it's really easy for your brain to get confused because you tend to focus at the level that you train at. And I think that that's probably the case of everything in life is that you operate at the level you know, of your understanding of that. And when shit hits the fan, you fall to the lowest level of training. And in a match, even though it's not anything hitting the fan and it's not real world, it does provide a level of stress and confusion where people tend to, the fall, to fall to that lowest level of competence. And, you know, for me anyway, and, 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 and for, for a lot of shooters, you start to overlook some of those sequence because you get that tunnel vision of, okay, this is my dope, this is my wind, I got to hold and not have a, you know, shaky reticle, I got to make a good shot, you know, okay, did I see my miss? And then you don't see anything. And um, that, that is what I would call a mental mistake. And they can come from a variety of, of reasons. One, you're, you're thinking about something so hard that you forget about the, the other elements and details that are involved, right? Or emotionally, you're distracted. And I think that, you know, for me personally, uh, I, I shoot well enough that if it's a sequence of fire issue, I tend not to make those mental mistakes. And in, the, in that instance, when the shooter wanted to talk to me about the, you know, one, three, two, four, stage, um, <clears throat> they just couldn't keep up with the transitions in time and went very slow. I think that training that is is pretty straightforward. You build stages that have complicated, uh, 
you know, mental and sequence calculations involved. I've seen people roll dice and shoot targets with the number of dice that are rolled have, have complicated and non-repeating sequences of fire. So it's not just rote behavior, but you're consciously thinking about it. But to do that, you have to have your base competencies completely dialed so that they're subconscious. So you have to know that you can shoot and hit the target. You have to know your win strategy, and you have to be able to execute that more or less without a whole lot of conscious thought so that you're investing the mental power that is left over towards accomplishing the goal that that's complicated. Uh, you know, the sniper adventure challenge, the Burris team challenge, those types of events really shine in that regard where you're, you're kind of overwhelmed with a lot of stuff and depending on your base competencies, are you able to do these additional tasks? They're very good at challenging you in that way, rather than just wrote, um, you know, kind of just being a monkey and executing a rehearsed and choreographed sequence. You know, I'm not a big fan of anything that's just rehearsal and choreography. I like things that have multi-layered mental and physical components to them. And so this is good, but I am not perfect by any means. For me, what tends to happen is uh, I get emotionally distracted. If, 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 I get, if you piss me off or get me upset, then I cannot get over it instantly. I'm not the kind of guy that's just like, Teflon, where you know somebody mistreats somebody or says something, and it's just over. I feel like um, you know when it has issues to do with principle. A lot of times, I'm I'm distracted. I've been working on it very hard this year, and <clears throat> it's been paying off. But I'm definitely not perfect. So an example was this weekend, um, and and you know members of, of of my squad, we we were all affected by something external from us, but emotionally we were distracted and we all shot poorly. It's easy to say, okay, here's this, you know, issue, but really the responsibility of poor shooting falls on us as individuals and, and the responsibility on us is to get better and not allow those kinds of mental mistakes to happen. And so the emotional component of mental mistakes has to be identified too. And that means being honest with yourself and why you dropped shots, because if somebody's telling you you're a piece of shit, you still have to be able to perform at the level that you're expected to perform. You can't say, well, they called me a piece of shit. Well, so what, right? You, you, you got to figure out a way to pull up your pants and, and, and uh, you know, cinch up your belt and do what's required of you that you went there to do. And I think that in a real-world application, you know, if you're out hunting and it starts snowing and blowing wind, you know, you don't, you don't scream at mother nature and, and, you know, you, you have to find a way to emotionally kind of deal with it, or if you sprain an ankle and you still got to hike out, that kind of stuff. Um, so emotionally that mental mistake, but it seems very difficult to try to train that. And then I realized that I talk a lot about club matches and the ability to scale out good training opportunities for, for people. And I had an idea of, layering in mental mistake stuff, which is kind of induced failure for everybody. You put in a course of fire where most people are going to get a zero or a very low score, and they have ex expectations for performance. I mean, not a beginner, because you see beginners get zeros and ones, and they're just upset and confused all along, and, and you can't do this for everybody. But if you're going to train mental mistakes, have stages where you're going to have performance that's way outside of your normal expectation on the low end and then try to perform better on the next stage. And 
set up failure so that you don't expect a 90% hit rate. You know, I kind of went in expecting to be performing right around the 90 percentile range. And I think on day one, I shot around 90%. And on day two, the mental mistakes of not being able to focus uh, lowered my hit percentage. And you can train this, I believe. I believe that we can set things up so that you go in with a high level of expectation. And when you walk out with that just complete kick in the nuts, you then have to pick yourself up and perform again at a high level of expectation. Now, it's easier to do when somebody sets that up, puts you in that position, and then you kind of show yourself that, hey, I can pull this off. And then you can retrieve that performance of, man, this happened to me, and then the next stage I did kick ass on. Or this bad thing in life happened, and I turned around and completely nailed it. And, and I think that there are examples of that, but, but in the shooting sports, I think we need to be able to set up bad performance and then follow that up with performance at the level that we expect to perform at. And I, I bet you could do that on paper too, like you know, shoot a craft drill offhand and then with terrible support. If, you, if you're used to shooting off of a game changer in a stable prop, get a ridiculously unstable prop so that there's no way you can shoot a drill that, you know, is, you know, let's say you, you find a prop where your, your performance on paper is twice the size that you're expected to. And you work through the ability to bring that down because your expectations are that it's small. The reality is that it's big and you need to grapple with that, not only fundamentally, but also psychologically. Because those psychological mistakes, in the end, fall back on us and our willingness and ability to prepare for those setbacks and not see them as setbacks, but see them as a way to quickly and psychologically reset ourselves. And I think that we could do that in club matches if it was done appropriately. You know, maybe not waste 12 rounds on a stage like that, but say, okay, every once in a while we're going to have a three-round stage, and odds are nobody's going to hit those targets. And and you get a zero, and you kind of get used to the idea that you're not always going to clean a stage if you're a good shooter, or you get used to the idea of, wow, this really sucked, um, or if it's a blind stage and very hard to find, tr you know, and then somebody finds it and you don't, get over it and move forward, rather than saying, well, that was fucked, that wasn't fair, um, or, you know, this, this behavior or that behavior, because, you know, in the end, we can find ways, whether it's right or wrong, to be in that psychological state, we can find ways to grow from it and, and, and rise above that so that the next time it happens, it has less of an impact, makes you more resilient, and it makes you more of an asset. And I think that that's the goal for this and why I wanted to talk about trying to find ways to insert stages that not only induce mental mistakes in your chain of operation, but mental mistakes that trick you up psychologically so that if you get upset, you can work your way out of it faster and more effectively rather than turning it into a bigger emotional issue. And, and, uh, and I thought that that was uh, something that, that is often overlooked and not discussed in shooting books and shooting podcasts. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's labeled as, as training under stress or training under, um, you know, adverse physical and, and, but conditions. But you see it regularly everywhere you go to shoot with people. And people's abilities to deal with it are mixed. Um, and, and certainly it's an area that, that I have 
have been working on but continue to need to work on it. So I think that, you know, if, if, if it's an issue for me, it's got to be an issue for you. And it could provide some really interesting and fun stage design opportunities for local club matches and, and, and groups of shooters that are trying to, to grow as marksmen and cover all the bases of things that could kind of trip you up along that path. They're scalable, they're measurable, just like Riflecraft. And so they're things that I think we can work on and share those concepts with the community so that we could all work towards making better stage design and come up with ways to deal with it. Because I don't think that the stoic silence and when somebody has a hard time or a bad time to just roll your eyes and ignore them and not participate or whatever, like that doesn't help anybody. You know, it reinforces negativity it doesn't promote positivity and growth. And I think that coming up with ways to better deal with things like that helps everybody. Um, so, yeah, short one, focused. And next one's going to be side picture. Uh, and and uh, have some interesting conversations with uh, a Marine that was involved in the marksmanship document that I referenced the other day. Uh, that was badass that they reached out and... I want to talk about that. I want to talk about sight picture a little bit more in terms of not only reticle, glass quality, location, and techniques that you see different people apply under different scenarios, but it's a fundamental that, that is absolutely important, and there's a lot of ways to look at it, and there's also a lot of ways that we need to make sure that we're checking off those boxes. So sight picture will be next. In the meantime, go to riflecraft.com, subscribe if you like the podcast, record, analyze, get metrics, get feedback as a subscriber. Uh, soon we're going to release the, the private subscriber podcast and um, you can get shirts. There's there's cool shirts and, and there's a lot of other things, uh, but you can also use it for free. So go log your targets because without a track record of data, really hard to know where you are. And if you don't know where you are, it's essentially impossible to get to where you want to go. So start logging those and uh, get training.